This is the Wizard's Nightshirt Podcast, episode 37. Welcome to the Wizard's Nightshirt. This is episode number 37. I'm Will, and here with me are Cosmic Enforcer Scott. (laughs) All right. And Sky Sled Repairman Rebecca. (laughs) Scott's noise was better. At the Wizard's Nightshirt, we're revisiting He Man, Masters of the Universe, and She Ra, Princess of Power. Today, we're reviewing He Man, Season 1, Episode 36, The Search. The air date for the episode was October 31st, 1983. That's that's Halloween, right? That was always Halloween. Yes, Halloween was always October 31st. Good job. Now when's Christmas? <clears throat> In this episode, Skeletor discovers the know. star seed, yeah. a chunk of cosmic matter that will grant him unlimited power. He-Man will try and stop him. Okay, so in this episode, we're dealing with a race for... An object of power, so I want to talk about racing. Do you remember instances in your life when you have raced for something, especially something obnoxious, uh, when, when you were a little kid or when you were in, in your adult life and you feel super immature for having to do it? As an older person now, I, d- I feel like I'd, I'm above racing and competing for things. I don't like competing for things. Really? But, yeah. You don't like you don't like like if like if you were in a race like like a running race. No, I don't like that. I don't like having to. I feel like I I don't like having to prove myself. <laughs> well, you I mean you just run your run and then if you win you win. Oh, I've seen races. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, but I mean like you don't have to like compete against anybody. You don't have to be like yelling at some old well, lady as you I, pass her. I will. <laughs> I, I will answer your question by giving you an example of the type of race. I have run in my life. I was thinking about when I was a kid, I would race most often when I knew I had done something bad and I was about to get in trouble for it. So I had to go run, tell on myself to the teacher (laughs) before somebody else told on me. And we learned in our media class, that's called inoculation advertising. (laughs) If I get to them, if I get to them first, then I get in less trouble because they're mostly just flummoxed and confused and supremely annoyed and maybe slightly nauseated by the fact that I did this. And like, just go away. That was the reaction I got most of the time. <laughs> Any other more respectable races? Races are fundamentally without dignity. Okay, <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to go ahead and Do you that's know true. why? It's because it's it's the naked ambition showing. Yeah. Like, when you want something, like I want to be first, I want to win. That's just like uncool. That's why I can't race. That's really true because you have to commit earnestly to it. You get to see the somebody's limits. They're trying as hard as they can. Yeah, there's a lot of potential for comedy and tragedy. Yeah, in in, in a race, you could fall, <laughs> you could fail, <laughs> and you will. Yeah, and someone should write a song about it. No, I'm I've never been one for racing, and I was never like fast when I was uh-huh. a kid. So whatever. But I tell you what, I do race for resources sometimes. Like what I what I was thinking of is how um, when I, like I take like a, a a few group classes at the gym mm-hmm. every week. Oh, this is a good example. And like I, there's a spot that I am in every week, and people who come to the class all the not all the time, we all kind of have our spots we gravitate toward. Mm-hmm. But it, you know, you'll get the occasional new person who wants to come and like get where I mm-hmm. would be. 
oh, I do not like that. And so that when that door opens, I am like, mm-mm, like oh, everybody a, get out of my way. There was, a, there was a lady who got Rebecca's spot uh, this week. You should have seen her. Oh, I'm going to do, do my Pilates table so hard and show you. I'm first so of mad. All, I'm so mad. First of all, my <laughs> spot in Pilates is sacred, all right? It's it's just, it's in the upper <laughs> left corner, upper left quadrant. I'm above in front of everyone except for the instructor because I'm that good at Pilates, okay? But then there was a lady who stayed over from the class That's in cheating. front of us, cheating. like who happened before. And so she just had her mat there, like where mine usually goes. And I was like, uh-uh. And so like I actually moved, got a mat and I moved even closer in front of her. So I was right next to the mirror and equal even with the instructor. Mm-hmm. Like I was like, no, this is my spot. You will not. Mm, Rebecca will fight you. And also, that's a, that's a, that's a good. You racing to get your spot. Oh yeah, I, I raced. That's the only thing I raced Scott, for. Though. Scott, you were you were a wrestler in school. Yeah. You, That's you, not racing and wrestling. Competing. Racing. It's competing. Racing ain't wrestling. I've done sports. Okay. I do sports, yeah. I mean, I, I definitely, I mean, I can't recall any specific time, but I am definitely sure I raced my sister up the stairs for something at one point and we're grabbing at each other or like, I, you know, I remember that. I don't, I don't know what, what about we did you for. used to race to lunch i remember i, I had no dignity about that i did not like no, being behind the other the classes halls. oh we run outside we cut between the buildings you know yeah i mean you you, you run with your arms straight and, <laughs> and you walk real fast yeah and you're not running at that right. point you're just yeah. walking you fast. would hurt somebody if they were near <laughs> you yes yeah <laughs> i was going to talk a little bit about um why I picked this one. A lot of people thought this was one of the um, best He-Man episodes. And it's kind of interesting. We always brag on Paul Dini, but um, so it was Dave Weiss who wrote this episode okay. actually. And I don't really remember his name before, but I thought he did a great job with um, nailing the characters and uh, making the stakes high. I, I, I thought this was a pretty good one. Yeah, that's, I, I did really enjoy this one. I thought it was a, a strong showing and an interesting uh, concept. So, I, yeah, I think one of the interesting things about this one is they did a good job of making us feel like the stakes were different this time than they usually, usually, usually were, which is kind of funny because He-Man's always trying to save the universe, but they literally were telling us the universe was uh, at stake this time, and we always like the lore episodes, and this has like some of the most lore maybe we've ever seen in He-Man, even about the origin of Eternia and that sort of thing. So I thought it was especially interesting for those reasons it's, as it's well. It's at the center of the universe. Yeah. Which was <laughs> yes. interesting. We have learned. It, it is, is actually is the center of the universe. <laughs> as if He-Man needed more self-esteem. Right. I'm the most important boy in all the universe. <laughs> My planet's the most important too. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, but this was a, this was a fun one and, uh, some, some interesting, it was an interesting character episode too. So yeah, I know we'll get into that. I am Zodek and despite a cosmic crisis, my blood pressure never rises in act one. And to what do I owe the rare honor of your visit, Zodek? So, okay. First of all, in our lightning rounds, I have not seen Zodek before. Mm-hmm. Have you seen Zodek before in once, your episodes? Okay, once. so he has shown up before. I think he's not in very much. I think he may be in like three or four. 
Okay. Yeah, he's like a he's like a super being. I, I didn't say I haven't seen. Yeah, him I, I, you know they they use that phrase one time. Um, the cosmic enforcers. I don't know if I'm just making up that he is one of those, but he's like one of those '70s Watcher characters that's not supposed to interfere. I think he's supposed to be kind of like Watu the Watcher from Marvel comics or something like that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. that makes sense. Um, because when he was or Q from Star Trek. Uh, when he showed up, I. It was yeah. as though we had seen him before, and I had not. And I was like, hmm. So, yeah, he is uh, not a sorcerer, but a cosmic being. All right. Yeah, he, he yeah he's like so powerful, he can't get involved with the um, affairs of uh, normal folks, uh, such as they are in Eternia. And so when we open, he is hanging out with Sorceress mm-hmm. and uh, just warning her of this, this uh, dire peril that is about to engulf the land. Then he laser beams his eyes to her eyes. Easier to show you with my thought projector. He sure does. He has that a was thought deep. projector. He presses a little button on his uh, chest and he's able to shoot thoughts into her brain. Let's talk about his look also. Yeah, yeah. So he's got some space ghost gauntlets, which I love. I do. I like, I like that too. So his wrists are protected while like all of his upper legs are totally just out in the open because other than that, it's underpants and boots, mm-hmm. basically. A flight harness of some type, and then a mask, helmet? Yeah, his mask is kind of like like a bug eye looking kind of thing. Kind of like Stratos a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, kind of kind of like that. But wild furry underpants. <laughs> yeah, and he was talking about how his race can't interfere, but he looks very similar to the, to them. I thought I thought that was kind of funny. I mean, I guess we've seen that before. It is maybe, like... But maybe they just changed their appearance for where they're at. I like that explanation. That's actually that's how they explained um, the the uh, Q race in Star Trek. So I'm going to pretend that's true. I'm going to pretend that's that's the same thing. So he's explaining to Sorceress that the whole universe is in peril because of what Skeletor's up to, and he says the only person that can stop him is a man called Adam. <laughs> yes, with the powers of He-Man. <laughs> okay. Wonder who that is. It looks peaceful enough. Those rumblings the villagers heard must have been mild earth tremors. Come on, let's go. We still have to search that far ridge. I thought that was a, a nice segue. Um, they they uh, cut over to uh, Prince Adam and Tila out on a sea uh, expedition doing some um, scouting for the palace. And uh, Prince Adam's already whining about wanting to go back. And he had some really great lines. I thought they really nailed the characterization for everybody. It was really funny because they seemed just very extra- like he was extra dandy and she was extra bossy mm-hmm. and it, it the rapport was kind of hilarious. Yeah, I really liked it. I mean, I guess it is sort of risky when you ramp it up that much, but I thought it really worked. Um, and I thought she was really bossy without being grating. It was funny. And he was dandy with being playful about it. I thought it was funny. Oh yeah, Tila has every right to be bossy because no one will tell her what's going on. <laughs> and maybe she has every reason to think that the stupid gadabout son of King Randor might need to buck down and do some stuff instead of acting like a fool yeah he also is uh, looks like he's at risk for getting hurt or killed which would be her yeah, responsibility constantly. and it is her responsibility and so the one thing that i gotta say about this episode because i've really enjoyed it i'm gonna take some points off at the end why because it reminds us again that once again we need to hashtag tell tila she could have helped 
They could have. They could have. Just tell her. Just tell her. She needs to know for her job. And I'm still so mad about that. And I just, I can't, I can't with this, y'all. You've got to tell her. You can't risk her life because she's going to be. Yes, you can. She's captain of the Royal Guard. That's what she does every day, Scott, out there. She's the next next sorceress. You can't risk it. And then when she's sorceress, then she'll just have to hang out in Castle Grayskull all the freaking time and, like, just wait for the internet man to come fix her modem when she gets bored. So you may as well just go ahead and tell Tila now. There's a lot of delivery. Pizza delivery. <laughs> oh, it'll be, just, it'll be just like the net. I don't have any money for tipping. Because <laughs> I can't go to the bank. <laughs> Uh, no cash on hand. I think it'll be like the net, and she will PayPal. call her friend Dennis Miller uh, on the phone, and she will listen to Mozart's Ghost, the hottest band on the internet. I love your very good and rich knowledge of the film The Net. <laughs> it's it was a good. great film. It's very good. Should have won Well, Tila was trying to do her job, and uh, Prince Adam tells her that he's developed enough character for one day, which I thought was a really funny. It line. was funny, yes. There's absolutely nothing mysterious going on here. Uh, and they see a storm coming through, and they don't know this is related to um, anything else. I'm not even sure if it was related to uh, anything that's going on. I think it's just sort of mood setting. But anyway, well, Tila- I think the rumbling was. Related oh, to oh Skeletor doing some drilling. Yes, that, that's about. why they were out there, right? Yeah, I guess you're right. Yes, and uh, Attila wanted to scout uh, the ridge before the uh, storm came, and um, then somehow they get into an argument about who can ride a sky sled faster, and um, that was pretty. No, funny. she tricked him. She tricked him to go. She said, "Well, that- I guess I would have been tricked by Tila because I didn't even pick that up. I'm the stupid oh, yeah. little kid." Yeah, she no, tricked yeah. him. She, she, yeah, she, she's like, "Oh yeah, I'll race you. I'll race you around and round the whatever. I forget what it was." Um, but she tricked him so that he would go search for it, mm-hmm. you know, and he would be he would go fast, and then she would go somewhere else. And she says, "There's more than one way to get a prince to scout a ridge or whatever." There you go. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I totally, totally in my head. I was riding. So I've been. The dog, there's a reason I was stupid, I'm pretty sure. I don't know. <laughs> well, if the worst thing that happened was that Tila made you go scout a ridge, I think you turned out okay. I guess and that's they, true. And they, they, they finally added uh, 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 movement to his hair. Oh. <laughs> yeah, while he's flying around super fast. Like his hair was like blowing in the wind. Yeah. He didn't use any hairspray that day. Yeah. Before, it was just always just a bowl. And then, obviously, the sky studs are very unsafe. Because he just flies off of it. He falls off of it. And again, (laughs) this is one of those things where I'm sitting here like, Tila is probably constantly horrified all the time. Because he's always doing stuff like that. He's like... It's okay, Tila. (laughs) It's it's not okay. Like she. I broke both my legs sideways. (laughs) Oops. It's like that. I fell on my sword. (laughs) I love how you. Ranger had a nightmare and mauled me. (laughs) <laughs> Why is he becoming even like That's a southern dandy? <laughs> <laughs> why? I know that like da- southern dandy is all we can really do. Yeah, I guess that's why. But still. <laughs> but still. And that's when um uh, well also I will say like in this episode I feel also he was really leaning into his performance almost like like I got the feeling that Prince Adam had just come back from oral surgery like he just seemed a little <laughs> just a little out of it. I don't know how else to describe it. Well, he did just fall off his seadoo. He probably yeah. have a concussion. Smacked his head a couple times. So Adam, there is great peril. You must come to Castle Grayskull at once. That's when the Falcon comes by. 
and uh, sorceress Zor. Yeah, and also he pronounced it differently. He called it Zoar this time. Wait, Zoar. Zoar. Like, that's, that's why he is like slowly morphing into a Southern dandy. I guess like, so. Zoar. <laughs> why I'm so delighted to see her. Like <laughs> I don't know. Be there in a jiff. She's a flying and she's beautiful. Again, Sorceress tells him he She's has a to... welcome sight as a dew drop on a sunbeam on a bright spring morn. It's like that now. That's just his new voice. Man Arms told me to listen to buds. <laughs> <laughs> At 4.30, the season finale of Cast a Spell is Kitchen. But now, stay tuned for a new episode of Fishing with Beast Man. Casting lines, spinning yarns, oh what a wonderful time. Snacking from the bait, bucket falling in mud. It's time to go fishing with Beast Man. Ah, good morning Eternia. It's another great day for fishing with Beast Man. We're five miles from the Tauran coast on the cool waters of the Crystal Sea. Beastman was looking for razor kill, but my boat got stuck on an old ghost ship. I ate most of the bait while waiting for the ghost to leave, but now I'm free! So let's make the most of the day. Ah, excellent! Beastman has something! Ah, yes! Come to Beastman! Here it is, let's see what we have. Ah, it's just a magic amulet with a trapped soul inside. Mm. Let's find another spot. I don't like the looks of that sea snake anyway. Be gone, Beastman commands it. Ugh, he's not listening. This looks like a good spot. Never mind. Now this is one of my favorite spots. Look, there's a deep pocket between the ice. Notice how the water slows when it... After a few false starts, Beastman has found the perfect spot. Now, I'm going to bait my hook. Let's see if our bait is still good. Oh yes, mmm, delicious. That's fine eating, fine. Mm. But we have to save some for the fish. Let's bait the hook. And cast. Let's just turn this off. You know, sometimes, Beast Man just needs some alone time. Yes. Look, something's biting. That bait is so delicious, I'm almost jealous. Whatever we've got, it's really pulling, so we have to be careful. Let's reel it in very slowly. This catch is very strong, almost angry. Still, we must reel in slowly, carefully. And now, it's time to set the hook. We do that by giving our pole a quick and powerful pull! Ah, my eye!
Why? By the ancients, we called merman. Stop touching it! I can fix it. I'll just pull it out. Stop moving. I can get it. I can get it. Stay still. I'm just gonna pull. I'm just. I'm just gonna pull it on three. One. Push. Don't pull. Four. Five. Three. Sorceress gets um, He-Man to transform and uh, show up at Castle Grayskull. Oh, yeah. And then another terrible moment for Tila because um, He-Man's like, well, I'm kind of out here with Tila. Like, you know, I don't know what, you know, how I'm going to, you know, divert her. And Sorceress is like, send the sky sled back empty to the palace and she'll just chase it. Like, so Sorceress (laughs) is just like, like. Figure it out. We don't care, He-Man. Exactly. Exactly. And I'm like. And, and, and so the narrative that Tila then believed was that he zipped off like, come and catch me, Tila. Like, come and catch me, Tila. I'll hop faster than a jackrabbit going after a plate of flapjacks. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Anyway. Is that a cartoon thing? I don't or know. Southern thing? I don't know what that is. That's the nothing. The cartoon Rebecca's head. It's, it's, it's nothing. Don't worry about it. Don't. I would like some flapjacks. <laughs> don't worry about it. Uh, but, um. And so that's what she believed, but it's like, I could have easily seen it going the way where, like, Tila thought that, I, I don't know, like, she noticed the sky sled was empty, and so she gets back to the palace, and there's no Prince Adam on well, it. Well, he's dead. Exactly. <laughs> like, well, I failed in my duty. Let me commit seppuku. Like, <laughs> like come on now. Tell Tila. It's fine. Sorceress. Jeez. Give a girl a break. You have a great challenge facing you, He-Man. Perhaps the greatest of your life. This is where the writers acknowledge that this episode is different from all the other ones. Um, she sorcerer exp- explains that the entire universe is at stake because Skeletor is going after something called the Star Seed, and like Scott was telling us earlier, Eternia is apparently the center of the universe, like the where big, the, the, yeah, yeah, right. Like the, this is where the Big Bang happened, and I, I guess that uh, that first spark, uh, some of that is preserved in this uh, chunk of cosmic energy called the Star Seed uh, in the core of Eternia, and that's what uh, Skeletor is going after. And if you have this, then uh, you can grant your own wishes, which He Man can already do. <laughs> right it's not a big draw for he-man but skeletor found out about it now he's really excited and so now he's going for it there was she, had, she it also was keeps castle grayskull warm inside <laughs> right powers castle castle grayskull um they also had a, a few other neat pieces of information i think she said that only a few people have ever known about it like uh, the cosmic enforcers were some of the people who only people who knew about it which i think zodak is uh somebody can write in and yell at me if that's not true but i think that's right it's it's true enough <laughs> i'm we, believing it we've seen some uh little um s- s- blueprints of uh castle grayskull and some of the in that like new he-man book that came out and everything i i think we've seen pictures where they've got like um these little passageways coming up from the core of Eternia <clears throat> into the castle, so you can like see the energy flowing through and stuff. So that's yeah, because well, that, that's where the about. castle gets its powers mm-hmm. from. That yeah. Well, I guess maybe that and maybe that's heat and the furnace. But 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 you would think well, if that was true, He-Man. like for them, 
I, I don't know about actual lore, but in the cartoon, it doesn't seem that because he, he would just jump down the hole in Castle Grayskull and not have to follow Skeletor. Right? <laughs> I guess that's true. It would be yeah. a shortcut. That's funny. I didn't think yeah. about that. Change my photos filters if you can, He-Man. <laughs> I didn't buy the right one at the Lieutenant Lowe's. Waste no time. Oh, the the uh, important the other piece of important information is that uh, when He-Man um, hopefully does find the Star Seed, he has to be careful because the Star Seed will try to tempt you into naughtiness because you won't be able to resist the power. Yeah, yes, it doesn't matter mortals. how good you are. Yeah, it will which, tempt you to do evil. Don't touch it, she said. Don't touch it. Which seems weird because what? Uh, we can talk about it. I'll talk about it at the time. Oh, okay. Yeah, I won't talk about it now. <laughs> okay, Scott is keeping secrets. Orko, we found it. I don't like that creepy noise. Skeletor's drilling machine. So He-Man jumps on Battle Cat and Orko chases after him and they're going after Skeletor drilling. Yes, we have another drill-centric episode because our episode last week involved some drilling. A bit of drilling. There's a lot of mining going on in there these is. episodes. There, there's a lot of uh, there's you, a lot of you, rock. you think the '80s kids would be a lot more into mining? Yeah, like there would be a or, whole generation or. of 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 miners and smelters, <laughs> and there's lots not of, lots of ore people. That's really too bad. I feel that well, my life know, would have been improved. I feel like a lot of kids from the '80s are into geodes. Oh, that's true. Yeah, rock tumblers. Yeah, rock yeah. tumblers. Rock yeah. tumblers. Rock lords. We did that once with my sister's rock tumbler. Sound like a good present. Sound like a lot of use. Yeah, yeah. Did, did it you was own loud. Any, any pyrite? Did you own pyrite? Yeah. Was that, is that the one where you get it and you smack it and it breaks apart and you see the crystals inside? Maybe. I don't, I don't know, know from rocks. I didn't learn anything from him. <clears throat> I, I remember that. That was like a gift for kids. You, you would get them a rock. And then you smash it open in half, and then it would be like geodes Oh, inside. my God. That's the worst part I ever heard. This is what we used to do before the cool. internet. What are you talking about? It looked cool. <laughs> it looked cool. It looked cool. You I like a, my rock gift. You got a rock. <laughs> <laughs> well, at first, you're like, why did you get me a rock? And then you then you bust open. You're like, oh, my God. Look at what's inside of it. Yeah. And that lasted a day. Yeah. Yeah, because then what I put it on, put it on my shelf. The... It got nice and dusty. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that would get real dusty. Okay, now, when I used to play on the train tracks when I was a kid, uh, there was a railroad trestle outside of, like, the property where my best friend who lived next door to my mamaw, like, where her house met the creek. This sounds very hillbilly. But um, we used to get rock collections going like on the railroad trestle because there were all those pretty rocks there and so like rock collections were a part of my life so i collected rocks briefly i couldn't buy toys did rocks. you paint the rocks no no they were did you were the rocks your friends <laughs> no did you put drape little hairs over it no they were rocks rocks is rocks y'all just quit just quit you put like pine straw over it <laughs> no they were just like, rocks this is my pet now <laughs> it's not they were just rocks that i liked rocks i enjoyed like, okay this is hair to fill out my from my head and i'm gonna glue it to you <laughs> <laughs> let a rock be a rock okay all we are saying is let rocks do you, do be you rocks. remember do you still have a rock from those days i don't i don't you i should remember, go back and get one do you remember your favorite rock did you name a rock no well okay, okay i didn't in that collection but oh god <laughs> this is just getting weird now all right okay briefly when i was like 11 <laughs> oh my god scott what have you done what have you wrought okay 11 okay when Love i was 11, 11 i was interested in like 60s culture that was like i had gotten into like the beatles and stuff like that and i remember reading about in this like the 70s craze of the pet rock 
Yeah. And I decided that it would be hilarious to bring a rock to school and tell everybody that it was my pet rock and that his name was George. This was when I was 11. And like, I was doing it ironically, but then also kind of like, you know, I mean, you know, like it was, it was fun and it was ridiculous. And I sold it so well that like everyone was really into George. And when I signed yearbooks that year, I traced him around like uh, on everyone's yearbook. So you kept up with him? I kept up with him for Did a you... long time and a neighbor tragically um, um, threw him, him out because I left him. Uh, I left George at the neighbor's house. Uh, it was really sad. It's like I played with blue the eyeballs too so they think it's a toy or something. Yeah, I should have, but he had so much personality in his crags. I'm sorry, George. I'm sorry I let you get thrown away. Actually, that neighbor, when he found out that that was like my pet rock and I just loved it, he felt so bad that he gave me one of his vinyl uh, records. And it was a copy of the Beatles' Hey Jude album, which I still have. So oh, that's really nice. Thanks, Mr. Conley. So, it's okay so that you threw away my rock. You're, you, he you, threw away you my rock. You upgraded your rock to a, a, to a Beatles album. To a Beatles album. album. So George had good. to die so you could have that album. George Harrison had to die so you could <laughs> have that album. Yes. <laughs> so anyway, I've played with rocks before to answer your question. And name them. All right. This is George. We rocks figure prominently in Act 3. Beastman! Merman! Can't we drill through this rock any faster? So, Skeletor's got a pretty good crew going. Yeah. He's got Beastman and Merman on this yeah. giant drill, and Skeletor is downright <clears throat> giddy, and he keeps I, telling I, them to drill faster. Yeah, I, I I really like him riding up in the front, controlling it and everything. He's just not in the background. He's like all happy doing his doing his thing. He is very eager to get to the star scene. And you see his, um, like the throttle and the whatever handlebar you had, they had like little skulls on them. Oh, so fun. Like they, yeah. Did you notice that? Mm-hmm. They even yeah, had little did, designs yeah. on them. So like it was even extra cute. It is funny that he had to be in the front of it, like the little little boat captain. I also love that they were trying to give Skeletor some uh, practical warnings. I, I think it was Merman or somebody was telling him that you can't go any faster um, or it's going to uh, dull the blade on the drill it's gonna blunt the drill and you know he's just like a jerk in the house he's just like the same kind of guy who's like i don't need a pilot hole i can do it (laughs) i can do it it'll work yeah Yeah, he is so not drilling correctly (laughs) come on skeletor and also i think that's just very funny to think about merman like of all of the things that merman needs to say in the merman voice thinking about him saying like go blunt the drill (laughs) like (laughs) brunt brunt it was just like a hilarious thing for Merman to even know or care about. Oh, if I push too hard, the drill part will be blunted. And I, I, I really enjoyed after they're after they're like, uh, you know, where it, once he gets the star seed, I'm gonna be second in command. And they're like, I start arguing, over it and he's like, fish face, and like insulting them, and it's, it's just. I like that rapport. Well, when Beastman got extra mad at Merman, did you see the animated Merman was like cowering, like he was scared of how angry Beastman was getting? That made me laugh. Okay, well, yeah, I mean, you you take an orangutan or something and like, kind of, like get real angry in front of you. What are you going to do? So He-Man uh, is falling behind with Battle Cat and Orko. Good team. And uh, Skeletor said he's prepared for this, and he starts some um, explosions that cause uh, rock collapses in the tunnel. And he says uh, there's a half mile of rock that'll take He-Man forever to punch through. 
And funny enough, it's like true. Like He-Man just kind of like half-heartedly starts moving the rocks around. He's like, this will take forever. Orko, do some magic to fix the rocks. And Orko is not going to do that. So I did think that was funny. And I get the feeling it's not because the rock was so thick or because it was so impermeable, but just because it was like a big mess. And He-Man is not about to clean up a mess. Ram Man's not here. I can't possibly clean up a mess. What, I have to move them with my hands? Like, he just, he's not having that. Who ended up helping him? Because I was looking, I was looking at my paper, then I heard him say something like, good job. Was it Battle Cat? Battle Cat found a little hole. Okay. And he poked his little head through it. Okay. And then I don't know what happened, because it was a story oh, about that, rocks. Yeah, well, He-Man he punched it. Oh, okay. And then, and then Battle Cat saw that there was, like, a opening... So he so he man looked through it and said like the rock has a lot of room to move, basically. Yeah, there so was a was lot like, of rock logistics in this. That. <laughs> yeah. That's a very long rock sequence. So now, then he, he he jumped with all his might, which seemed kind of odd because it was like you would think that he would like jump into the air and then punch the ground, mm-hmm. but he just kind of like stomped his feet. And that and that loosened the rocks. That they, loosened they the rocks, so through. it kind of like. It kind of like settled. The rock settled. You would think though it might cause another yeah no. collapse. Yeah, because you're like you are stomping very hard. You would think that other rock would come down on top of you. No, only the rock that he wanted to move. He has the power to grant his own rock wishes. So when and they bust through, they eventually catch up with uh, Skeletor and his crew, and they exchange some words. And in in their um, exchange, did He Man say something to Skeletor about? Um, he's surprised he didn't have his slaves out there helping him. He did say and that. And I thought that was weird because we don't, I've never heard of Skeletor. He's his robot guys. I robot guess guys. so, but He-Man saying Skeletor had slaves sounds very different. And I feel like adds, like, I know Skeletor is like hmm. a bad guy, but he's, I he's don't know. He's not a slave guy? Yeah. He's not like that kind of dirty evil. He's more, he's more fun evil <laughs> right yeah i guess he doesn't really do that Hord- hordak does that hordak yeah, does that he definitely does that yeah uh, but yeah yeah i feel like they just decided that because I, w- I was trying to think does he take over like troll people or anything but no he doesn't mm, really hadn't do seen anything like that yeah. there was that one time when he went back in time to to build a fortification to something about castle grayskull and he had those that group of people that were like trolls you remember yeah, snake clan and all that stuff. Yeah, the episode with the snake clan and yeah. the, and you worship the ghost face. Yeah, yeah, that. yeah. I remember that. Yeah, that was the closest we've seen. Though. Now, He Man, here are my orders. Obey you never. So instead of uh, fighting too much, Skeletor puts Orko in a bubble and holds him hostage and and tells uh, He Man that he has to follow behind him and break through the rocks they're having trouble with or else he'll never see his little friend again and i guess uh he man cares enough about orko he just sort of follows along reluctantly (laughs) yeah and i got the feeling at this at this part that they all had a separate plan of what was going to happen at a certain point and they were all going to turn on each other at a certain point for like cleverness Mm -hmm. orko had a plan in the bubble he man had a plan to himself Skeletor had a plan, and then I was, like, uninterested, basically, in trying to follow it. And I just was like, let's just see what happens here. You know what that reminds me of? It reminds me of... This makes me feel like such a fun person. This reminds me of when there's a group of people who think it's like fun for everybody to go out and eat. Like, there's a bunch of people at work, and they're going to be like, there's seven of us. Let's go have lunch. 
And then once it, the, once it becomes lunchtime, nobody has thought about how are we going to get there? Can we possibly get it on time? Where are you going to go? Is there going to be a table? How are we going to pay for this? Whose car are we going to take? Do we have a meeting when we get back? I feel like these are, they are not thinking about any of this stuff. Oh, He-Man would never think about any of that stuff. He just pounds chicken wings. A star seed must be here somewhere. So eventually they reach a like a crystal grotto area underground, and they find some crystal demons who are making some shadow beast noises at them. And He-Man sees this as his opportunity to turn the tables on Skeletor. Which I assume he does somehow, and I kind of lost interest for a minute. Is this before or after... Orko is trying to get out of the bubble and says he's going to cast a spell and he's going to like fix the problem. Around that time. It's around that time. While the shadow beasts are yelling at them, that's when they start gossiping about all the little uh, plans that they have. Yes. And it's at this point that Orko says he's going to solve the problem with magic. And Skeletor tells him like, you couldn't conjure your way out of a gunny sack. Yeah, that was a yes, good line. Yeah. I like that. That was a, that was I... a real good line. Love that. You couldn't conjure your way out of a gunny sack, you pipsqueak. I love, <clears throat> first of all, gunny sack is a reference I will make like 10 out of 10 times. I am always talking about gunny sacks, okay? And of course, me and Skeletor are like of a similar mind because we're both 85-year-old men. Eating whoppers. Eating whoppers. <laughs> and thinking about gunny sacks and toting some taters in a gunny sack. But anyway, yeah, that, that just cracked me up. I loved it. Loved it. <laughs> Uh, He-Man gets an opportunity to turn the tables because the uh, crystal monsters trap Skeletor's drill machine and, and Skeletor inside like some sort of crystal force field, which I guess disrupts uh, Skeletor's magical influence over Orko, and Orko gets free, and He-Man says that he's only going to help if um, Skeletor agrees to go home when, when this is all over, and Beastman's like, Skeletor, don't agree. And Skeletor is like, shut up, you fool. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> right. And then is at that point that Orko gets loose. And Orko is the one who actually encounters the star scene. Mm -hmm. So, Will, you must have loved this. I actually thought it was pretty clever. Oh, it was. Oh, it was adorable. Because we have Orko being helpful. Yeah. No, and and he, he picks a ball and cha changes out. Now, he has a good plan. This yeah, good, he, good plan. he reaches in his um hat for some of his... uh. Toys, and he's looking for an object that looks similar to the star seed, and he finds like a little um, toy toy ball that's also yellow. And um, his plan is to switch that out and uh, trick Skeletor. And he does, although I don't understand why they even bothered if they he put so he puts the the, the rubber ball on like the obelisk or whatever, mm -hmm. like on the little plinth. What's the word for it? I don't know. On the it's definitely a plinth <laughs> that on the little star altar. seed platform altar. And um, so I just thought he was going to let Skeletor come up to it and snatch it and be like, nah, nah. like, but he also held the real star seed in mm -hmm. his hands. And then he and He-Man do this whole like, but which is the real star seed? This obvious rubber ball sitting on the plinth? Or this is too fun to trick Skeletor. Or this golden glowing orb that Orko is holding. And uh, I was like, what? why was that necessary? Um, Skeletor does try to... Um, do some of his magic wishes on Orko's little toy ball, though, which was pretty funny. And he had this elaborate thing he had clearly been planning for years. Oh, yeah, yeah. What was it? He said he wanted um, 
He-Man bound in unbreakable chains and... That not even he can break. And, and banished to the coldest, most remotest planet in the universe. Yeah, that'll do it. And it didn't work because it was a plastic ball. Because when you wish upon a ball, it makes no difference. Where you, you fall? <laughs> Guys, it was obviously at all. Obviously, Makes you should no have said difference at all. at all. Yes, there you go. Anywhere your ball will bounce will come to you. That means you have the real one. You know better than to oppose me now, Skeletor. So I just want to say what I was going to say earlier about Orko holding the mm-hmm. star seed. He doesn't become evil or get evil eyes like He-Man does yeah. when he holds it. That's a good point. And I don't know if it's just because he's of a different being or you know like i guess that is why because i was wondering about that, that too. he's that good <laughs> that it doesn't affect him at all he's it like so brings pure him down. of heart yeah he's like a hundred percent or 150 percent and takes him down to 100 so he's just like a normal well i i would say that he's more worthy of um having the powers of he-man Oh my goodness, let's not go nuts here. It would have been cool, though, if uh, he would have uh, turned evil in um, that episode. I think it was the return of Orko's uncle or whatever, where they fought Azroth and um, um, Spydra. He did turn evil briefly, and he had uh, like the, the evil eyes, and he was super Ooh. creepy. And he's pretty upsetting looking when he's, when he's evil and uh, moving and sort of lurching and stuff. A missed evil Orko opportunity. Um, yeah, I'm- I could see him growing like a goatee or something yeah (laughs) Yeah. fingernails i'm guessing (laughs) that um you know like it said there was only it would be tempting for mortals and so it's not that he's immortal but maybe he's more of a celestial being being okay yeah i don't know more energy based or something because i was wondering for a second if we were going to see like you know orko's last stand with the star seed but we did not do you you think if he gave it to to battle cat he would he would be okay too he would just like eat it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Could Battle Cat even hold the star seed? Oh, that'd be funny. Oh, gosh. You'd have to wait till he passes it. <laughs> he ate it. <laughs> that would not be. He, man, and Skeletor are going through a, a fun Cat trip poop. to the vet. Oh, <laughs> uh, no. Would not be fun at all. Like, I got you this canned pumpkin, Battle Cat. <laughs> I hold the power of the star seed. The universe could be rid of your evil. I could rid the entire universe of evil. Nothing could stop me. So uh, He-Man does yeah. uh, have the evil problem. He-Man is tempted by the power, and he's he was like, I'm starting to understand why you'd want to rule everything. Yeah, he does have his little moment there. I, I, I love his eyes. His eyes become like real big. Yeah. We, and like shifty. We always uh, talk about that uh, Simpsons episode where... Um, Somebody's going crazy, and Bart's like, "That's the look." That's, uh, <laughs> oh, uh, that's the episode with Michael Keaton where he plays that oh, uh, yeah. the, the prisoner, the prisoner artist guy, or whatever. And like, he's gone crazy. Like and Homer looks at him, and he's like dousing a car with gasoline. And he goes, ha, 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 "That's the look." <laughs> yeah. So there we go. Sorry, uh, he, everybody. He man definitely had the look at the time. Well, yeah, yeah, that's right, the look. To, to, to reference. Uh, Simpsons, the shifty-eyed dog, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was, a, that was a fun sequence. And, of course, I, I did like all of that. And then, of course, at the last minute, you know, He-Man's like, nope, I'm not going to do it. But it was a close one. That could have been <laughs> it the head. was a close one. Yeah. yeah. So, a sorceress and, appeared and on Orko's his head. clapping. He's super happy. And then Skeletor books it. He-Man, you have succeeded admirably in your Test? Test? Yes. Um. So yeah, after Sorceress 
successfully appears to him in his mind and reminds him, like, you know, blah, 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 be strong, blah. He is, and he does. And uh, come to find out at the end of all of this that Zodak... Zodak was the one who planned for Skeletor to find this uh, star seed, and he did it to make a trial for He-Man to see if he was deserving of his powers, and he was. And y'all remember in the She-Ra episode where Light Hope was uh, uh, being terrible and like, like do all these things while I fix your sword, and I was so irritated because I said He-Man hasn't gone through anything like that. Well, now he has. I like that. So you do and like I, that. I, I just don't get it. Like after 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 he says all this, be like, "Hey, dude, what is your problem? <laughs> well, then, where what is, is that pro- too? <laughs> yeah, like like are you, is he just gonna let him get away with this? Or yeah, like, can there be like a policeman's exam to see if I'm still fit for duty or something? Yeah, like you don't have to like almost Imperil destroy the universe. The universe. Yeah, what yeah, if Skeletor uh, got a hold of it? Yeah, I want to know that he had like an uh, a escape switch or something if it wasn't going well that Zodak could uh, put the kibosh on it or something. He but probably did. He's going to risk the entire universe just to make sure He-Man's the guy. Yeah. Well, he, He-Man was seem, the guy. It doesn't seem that worth it. it. It does seem like not a safe exercise. Uh, it could have been Ram Man. <laughs> <laughs> he boings so hard he makes a new universe. What, he's what, masters what, of that universe. What, what, what if Ram Man got the, got the star seed? What would he... Wish for just cold cut sandwiches nonstop. <laughs> yeah, you think so? Just sandwiches, or just like a, like a party sub, but just for him. A like, party it, sub that never ends. An <laughs> infinity oh, sub. Oh, that sounds. It, oh, an infinity sub. It's just a big circle and it just keeps coming. <laughs> <laughs> it reaches outside of the atmosphere. It connects other planets from every from every ga- every solar system you can oh, you can you see a sandwich. Being on one of those planets it just smells like cold cuts forever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and you <laughs> could a piece of it like one one part of it gets too close to like a star or something and it just cooks it. <laughs> Toasted. And, he, and it, he gets mad if you like bit on his sandwich before it gets to him 3 billion years later. <laughs> <laughs> like how fast Somebody's does it been licking the pastrami's. I probably would not deter him. Let's be honest. <laughs> So, but anyway, yeah, no, I, I enjoyed that He-Man got a trial because I thought it was unfair that he had not been okay. tried. And as uh, annoying, I, I, as big a jerk as Zodak is, I, I got to say, I, he's he just works on a different frequency than the rest of them. So he's kind of fun. I kind of like him. I loved his, I loved his uh, character, like uh, uh, um, toy. Yeah, he's real superhero looking compared to the rest of them, probably because of the gauntlets, I yeah, guess. Yeah, the gauntlets and underwear, that's the that's the look right I there. I guess that's true. There are times when everybody dreams of becoming very rich or powerful, but what they don't think about are the problems and responsibilities that go with it. Zodak got to do the moral for the episode. Yeah, he, need, he needs to speak up. I think it won't sound mysterious, but he whispers. He whispered, and then also he basically just repeated what had just happened. I don't even know if that was a lesson. Well, you're a, we're immortals, and we're kind of dumb compared to that. I think he has a low estimation of us. Probably so. It did kind of sound a little sinister, too. Like, you know how I was recently lamenting for one of those good old-fashioned man-at-arms, like, don't fall for a pyramid scheme Mm -hmm. morals? This is more like one of those. I was happy to have this pop up because it's kind of like, don't be tempted by by great power. (laughs) Like, when did that happen to you? Like, like in life, when is that going to happen to you? Yeah, there's, there's a chunk of the universe where there are some, like, some of those unfathomable geometry trees and and 
uh, anomalies and abominations happening because he he did something selfish. I mean, you could, and stupid. You could relate it to money. You know, <laughs> or or he embezzled. Maybe he embezzled. He embezzled, yeah. or just like the kid got made hall monitor and then they turned into a real turd. <laughs> it was probably just something like that. But uh, yeah, uh, I guess good lesson. I don't really know what the lesson was. I guess it was basically don't don't be tempted by the star. Yeah, you know, what kind of what kind of power are kids gonna have? Is it good to, to do anything? That's it. If you are between the ages of zero and ten watching this show, what sort of power? Uh, maybe maybe babysitting younger maybe, sibling. Maybe you could get stuck on an island with a bunch of other kids. Oh, there you go. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. If they're in, just in case for that scenario. You're up. Yeah, yeah. You know. Okay, that makes you sense. You can't be power hungry. Rebecca, you're power hungry. I bet you insist on giving the rating first. Yes, I insist on giving the rating of four point three. Okay, that's um, pretty good. It is pretty good. I actually had it down for a four, but then I really do. I. I Prove of them making He-Man go through the trial, and the only reason it got that low because I could have gone higher. Mm-hmm. Tell Tila, we didn't tell Tila, yeah. and that's why. But uh, four point three gauntlets. Oh, what? Sorry, you, I was gonna say you got so excited. I was going to say pilot holes. Pilot holes. <laughs> you go for the really, really deep cuts in the episode. Pilot holes out of five. I'm going to go... Did they reference a pilot hole? No, they did not. We'll just come up with it. <laughs> okay, all right, all right. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say um, 4.8 pilot holes. Uh, I thought this was a superb, wow. ep- superb episode. Uh, I love the characterization with uh, Tilo and Tila and Prince Adam. I love Zodak. I love how the stakes were different. We got uh, all kinds of crazy uh, lore. I think the only things that kept it from getting a perfect... Sc- oh, and the Orko stuff was awesome. The only thing that kept it from getting a perfect score, I think, was... Um, I'm sensitive to the Tell Tila issue also. And then also, there was... Too, way too long of he-man dealing with rocks like when that script <laughs> came in somebody should have looked at this and said act two is slumping a little bit it's let's let's get him through those rocks a little faster so rocks notwithstanding fantastic episode scott please weigh in for us yeah uh, i'll go with 4.6 okay six yeah, yeah, yeah. pilot holes is that what it was <laughs> I said gauntlets, space gauntlets, space gaunt, cosmic gauntlets, cosmic gauntlets. Yeah, no, it was it was it was really good. I I like the I liked Skeletor on his on his drill a mm-hmm. lot. <laughs> uh, just like the 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 dialogue back and forth between uh, Merman and Beastman, and then Skeletor like weighing in on all that too. It was just it was yeah it was a good episode. <laughs> That's our show for today. Next week, we'll be reviewing Season 1, Episode 39 of She-Ra, Into the Dark Dimension, where we'll see She-Ra team up with Hordak to fight the Dark One. I hope we see the Bubble Blaster. If you'd like to follow along with the show, you can find our episode guide at thewizardsnightshirt.com. If you have questions or comments for us to discuss, you can email us at rumors at thewizardsnightshirt.com. Remember to leave your name and roughly where you're from if you want us to read your email on the show. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, and subscribe to our show on iTunes. We want to thank you for listening, and please remember, it's totally safe to fall 12 stories from a sky sled.
wouldn't conjure your way out of a gunny sack, you pipsqueak. <laughs>